the Richard Lerma podcast for those who actually give a shit and give a shit particularly about advertising. This time, coming from the headquarters of Batom Labs in Los Angeles, California, um, this is your host Francisco Cárdenas, accompanied by a familiar voice of us, Yvonne Kinzer. Uh, hi Yvonne. Hi. She will be my co-host today. Uh, she's also our client from Avocados from Mexico. We also have Christian Bottini from 270B. And our special guest today, Reeve Collins, who, as you will see, is a pioneer. He was an original employee of Razorfish Avenue A back in 97. So really breaking the mold there into what advertising agencies have become today. He then moved into the entrepreneurial world where he co-founded the cryptocurrency Feather, which this year surpassed Bitcoin in daily and monthly trading volume, if I understood that correctly last time uh, we spoke, and that's compared to any cryptocurrency in the market. This technology inspired Reeve and his team to create Block B, which, and I quote, allows the creation and distribution of dynamic, compelling digital goods that shatter each of the former roadblocks of the past. This technology allowed new models of blockchain usage to new industries like advertising, loyalty, artistic communication, and incentive and experiential marketing. He later founded Batom Labs, which now is part of the media conglomerate Smart Media Technologies, which self-describes itself as the next generation math tech platform and services company, which owns and operates the Smart Media Technology stack and self-audience activation and real-time programmatic smart media buying platform. This technology allows to create consumer marketing digital objects, which we'll talk a little bit about, that cannot be replicated and are unique to the holder of that object, solving a basic problem in digital marketing today. For those of you who ever had to live with digital couponing or things like that that we tried to put out there, uh, this man, Reef Collins, I think has a solution that you will want to hear about. Uh, as we approach the Super Bowl and we have here Yvonne Kinzer, one of the digital gurus of the Super Bowl uh, for Avocados from Mexico. We sit with Reef to understand his vision of the business, how he went from marketing to cryptocurrency and then back to marketing, and talk about connecting the dots. <laughs> we were just talking about that. And how this technology in collaboration with Avocados from Mexico will take over the Super Bowl and take the conversation by storm for the fourth year in a row. Fifth. Fifth. <laughs> Set it up great. Full disclosure, Richard Lerma is the digital agency of record for Avocados from Mexico and is collaborating with Batom Labs on this project, as well as with 270B, who leads the development for Avocados from Mexico for a couple of years as well. So welcome, <laughs> Reeve. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're a busy man. I know Yvonne, you're also busy. Everybody, this time of the year, as we're preparing for Super Bowl, we are on the run <laughs> right now. So we came to LA for a day to sit down with Reeve. So, Open conversation, Razorfish, tell us about those beginnings, how how did everything come about? Uh, yeah, well, I think it was just um, very fortuitous for, I graduated college um, at the very end of 96, at the beginning of 97, and my first job was with a small internet startup that said they were going to be the first ever advertising agency uh, for the internet, and that, it was called Avenue A at the time, so this was prior to the Razorfish acquisition, and I was one of the first employees there. 
And we grew, and that was at the very beginning of 97, and we grew from about a handful of us to 500 employees within two years and went public for $6.6 billion. So Amazing. I got a uh, front row seat to the, to the roller coaster of the, the bubble of the internet, that's for sure. I got to ride the entire expansion, and then six months after we went public, the bubble burst, and so I got to uh, partake in the explosion as well. I remember <laughs> that. I was in college back then. So you were a believer from the get-go of this new model. Uh, were, you a, were you a partner there or an employee? Or? I was the seventh employee of oh, Avenue wow. A, yeah. And so it was just a really incredible experience, especially in the digital media space, to one, see the growth of an industry like the internet and see how it changed the world and watch the education of the masses coming online. And then being on the cutting edge of that with advertising technology and doing all of the media buying. Right after Avenue A went public in 2000, I moved to Los Angeles and started another company called Traffic Marketplace, which was one of the first companies to create pop-up ads. So we pioneered pop-up ads in the space. You're in that guy. <laughs> That's right. Thank you for yes. the pop-up We made him a really dominant uh, force for quite some time. But the beauty of that was, more importantly than the pop-up ad, it was the notion of, of, of arbitrage, media arbitrage. So our agency, Traffic Marketplace, would take all the risk. We would pre-buy all the inventory and then sell it on a CPM so that the publishers were happy and then sell it on a CPA um, to all the advertisers. So the advertisers were happy. They only paid for actions. The, advertiser, or the publishers got paid for impressions. And since it was hard to make that equation work, that's when pop-ups became really um, popular because they were very effective. And so we could make a really large spread uh, on and make everyone happy. Yeah. So it was really a win-win all around. But yeah, that was in 2000. And then after that, got involved with my partner now, Tyler Mabius. And well, Tyler was also at Avenue A with me uh -huh. and then at Traffic Marketplace. And then he started a company called Adconian, which was one of the first global ad networks. W and Were you guys at that time, and, and this is just, I wonder the mindset, because I was probably starting my career back then. I had already been in Walter Thompson at a younger age, but I was very uh, in tune with what's going on in advertising. And I wonder with a mind like yours and being exposed to what you were doing, pop-up ads and kind of changing the market, what was your perception of what we know today as traditional advertising agencies? I imagine two young guys after going through Razorfish, uh, Avenue A, and building what you're building, what was your perception? Yeah, back then it was really funny. We would always say, well, traditional agencies are dying, and, and we always thought that for a long time. But then the fear kind of shifted back, I'd say, starting in 2007-ish, I don't know, around there, mm -hmm. where we realized that traditional agencies actually were going to start doing all of the, take it all in-house and create all of the programmatic media buying, like the demand-side platforms and the supply-side platforms, the, the DSPs, etc., um, would would really eliminate a lot of the, the media buying because now agencies could do it and it was all real-time bidding and all of that. The ad networks kind of foresaw that, um, which would give a lot of power back to the agencies. agencies. And so then it's always about creating more value-added services. And now we see the evolution of the agencies. They're kind of struggling in a lot of the cases because a lot of services that was paid a premium for, like the creative services and strategy, it's easier to produce a lot of that stuff now, and a lot of that's even done programmatically because you can do so much testing and all of the real-time bidding with the media buying. And so now you kind of see a little bit of a trend to almost in-housing for some right. large companies. They're like, well, we can plug in a couple of these different technologies and then have a specialized um, team in-house to really maximize our returns. 
And so it's, it's interesting to watch the evolution of agencies. And I really think S4, what Martin Sorrell is doing, is an interesting take, which is his focus is on creative, on data, and then on um, the distribution. Everybody wondering what was he going to do after WPP, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he always has an idea in mind. Yeah. But, I, but there's always a place for great strategy and, and just execution. I think that's what, uh, um, you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's really called an agency or uh, a kind of a growth services firm or, or what you call it, but. See, it seems that that's been your guiding star, right, yeah. since the beginning. So, so then cryptocurrency, right? Like you, you were talking to us yeah, about that. Yeah, but I'm Taylor. curious before, before we jump into cryptocurrency because it seems you're talking about 2007 and how an old programmatic came along and then it seems like through the industry of advertising, especially digital advertising, that we get to a point that is so advanced that we lost the, we reach a point of diminishing returns and then we start creating ourselves barriers with that advancements. And I'm specifically referring to now the lack of transparency that came into the industry and, and how we, it seems like we were very close to have, close to perfection in, in terms of advancement in technology. And then now we realize advertisers open their eyes and there's like a huge problem of lack of transparency. Um, you have been a futuristic, obviously, since the early um, days of the internet. What do you think is going is happening now? Because we are right now in that moment that I feel that we're living kind of a revolution in the industry to take back the rights of all transparency. So what do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. I think that for a while the focus was so heavily on on like pure performance and cost per action and it kind of um, to get that there was People didn't care how they got some of those metrics, and so I guess the the publishers weren't transparent that transparent with the brand advertisers, and that's really shifting because then the brand advertisers kind of feel slighted in in different places, and I think what's also taking place when it was such a focus on on pure performance, it takes away from loyalty and ongoing customer satisfaction to a brand because when they just focus on getting the customer for the, the cheapest amount, um, sometimes the tracking wasn't capable to see, okay, what's the lifetime value of this customer versus what's that first purchase? And now a lot of technology is coming around to create a one-to-one -one relationship between the brand and the consumer, and then ensure that the brand has the tools to continue to reach that consumer. Um, so what it creates is a more valuable consumer and a happier brand. And so the reason this is also happening is because the technology is here where you were saying lack of transparency, but the way I take that is what we used to think was crazy in this space is how much money the middleman was taking. So the brands would spend $100, you know, the middleman would take $90, the publisher would get $9, and maybe the customer would get a dollar worth of value, <laughs> right? Right, and, and there's like eight layers between right. the, cost, the brand and the customer. And all of that, I think, is what most companies now are focused on reducing. Make, and, and also, that's you bring up the blockchain, and while that's a separate technology and industry, what blockchain technology ultimately does is provide value to those who deserve it, such as the creators and the end users, and it reduces the rent seekers or the middlemen. It makes transactions much more efficient. So 
and that's what's happening in the advertising space is transactions are becoming more efficient. Real-time bidding and programmatic has made it very efficient and now more transparency into the actual performance and giving the data back to the brand is, is enabling the brands to spend their money more efficiently and putting money into the consumer's pocket. And that's actually one of the main drivers for the creation of VATOMs, these programmable digital objects, which I like to call as kind of the, what I, well, I like to say it's the next big thing in advertising. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to keep saying that until it is the big oh, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah by the conversations. The yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because think about the last 20 years of digital media. There's banners and emails, and all those, all they do is convey some information, right? You'll see a little snippet of information, you click on it and you land on a website and that's just more information. A lot of times it's a waste of the user's time because if they don't make a purchase right, right then, you, the brand kind of loses them and, and it's difficult to track. What we're providing with digital objects is another tool for the brand to create that one-on-one -on -one connection and keep that engagement going. So now a consumer will click on a, a, a banner, an email, or a social post and they'll get a digital experience. Because before they could go to a website or they could go to an app store and download an app. If they just wanted information, they go to a website. If the brand wanted them to, if the brand wanted to provide them an experience, they would have to download an app, like like, and then they could play a game or interact with content or do different things. But the hurdle to download the app and the expense to create it is cost prohibitive, and not that many people use it. So digital objects is kind of the best of both worlds. It's the best, kind of the best aspects of delivering some information that you can get out of a website, and it's really innovative aspects of an app that's programmable, that's engaging and interactive with the end user. But with a digital object, you don't have to download anything. Right? And, and also what's magical about this, from what I understand it, is that it's unique to you, right? Yeah. It's, it's not something that somebody else necessarily has, that you can go to a website and then uh, Yvonne or Christian can go to that same website and have the same experience. Here, you could potentially build unique experiences for each user that then are transferable and yeah. unique to them. So this digital object, it's programmable. And, and a sweepstakes, like, or an example of what we're doing with you guys, like the sweepstakes. So we've had a lot of clients that did sweepstakes in the past. You click on a link, you go to a website, you enter in your email, and that's kind of it. It's not a very rich or engaging experience. It doesn't create much of a one-on-one -on -one connection. But now through this digital object, this sweepstakes product, like the, the avocado adventure that we're creating, you can enter in this daily drawing, but once you're in there, you can do multiple things. You can interact with the brand on social. So it's valuable to the brand because you get more social mentions. It's valuable to the, to the user because every time he mentions you on social, he gets another sweepstakes entry. It truly gamifies this engagement. He can also, if it's a, a user that cares about your brand and wants to collect various pieces of IP like avocados or recipes or videos, he can find those on the map and go different places if he wants to make the effort because he's uh, a really engaged fan. He can actually collect other things that brings him more value and in this case more entries into the sweepstakes. They can also share it with friends to get more entries. So it provides virality, ongoing engagement and that one-on-one -on -one connection because now you can send them more objects next week say here's another experience. It's a game or a recipe or a video. VIP tickets and share with a friend. So all of this can be done, this programmable experience without the need of an app. It's all done through this digital object. And that's why we feel that moving forward brands, more and more brands will start layering this into their digital media mix because it allows them a richer engaging experience with their consumers that was never possible before. 
That, that's a great point because when we start talking about this in Dallas or with, you know, or agencies across the, the United States and, and explaining what we want to do with bottoms, um, the first question was, is like, well, but we're not going to need a nap. No, we're not going to need a nap. And that's, that's the, what is new about it. And um, the, the experience itself is, is very unique to explain for the, the, the people listen to this and they kind of visualize what is a bottom and what is the experience with the bottoms that we're doing. We found a way to explain it in an easy way, like it's like Pokemon Go, but it's absolutely not like Pokemon Go. It's a lot <laughs> richer. So can you, in your own world, explain, because you're gonna do a better job that I, I have been doing, explaining what is the difference, fundamental difference between two, the, both technologies. Using Pokemon Go as an example, Pokemon Go is an augmented reality treasure hunt on a virtual on a map, um, and what you capture is just a, a, a digital image. That digital image isn't unique and it doesn't do anything. It's just an image. So now imagine if you're in that Pokemon Go experience. So it's augmented reality, and you're there, and there's five of us all looking at that bush, and up pops the yellow Pikachu. And but if I grab him first, he disappears, and no one the else. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, no one else can get him because he was only one of a hundred, right? And so each one's a unique digital object, and that it has it has its own value, and it's not just replicated copies. But that's only one small feature of what bottoms actually are, because Pokemon Go is easy for people to understand one way to get them, which is AR on a map or you know through your camera. But what the digital objects really are, it's kind of the it's taking some of the best features of a website, so all of the content um, and, and you know the ability to share interesting information, and some of the best features of apps, such as you know the gamification you can have in apps, the cool, interesting, fun experiences you can have in apps, and combining those two things together. Um, and so now it's this unique digital object that's programmed, but you didn't have to download an app to interact with it, right? It's just in your wallet. And so now once you have this object, um, it can be valuable because it's if it's one of 10, for instance, let's say it's a concert ticket and you went to a Britney Spears show. Before the concert, it's, it's a video of her saying, welcome to the show, I can't wait to, to have, you, have you here. And then once you're at the show, it updates and says, oh, there's extra seats up front, you just got upgraded. And so they upgraded. And then after the show, it's another video of her saying, this concert was great, here's a, a montage of my favorite moments, and this is your um, digital collectible, your digital ticket stub from the concert, right? And that concert's one of a thousand, or, however, or that, that object is one of a thousand, because it's that unique ticket stub. So it becomes this digital collectible, and it makes this whole experience that used to be an email and a PDF, now it turns into something rich and engaging. And Brittany herself, or her management company, has an ongoing relationship, and they can always just keep sending that person more objects and, and, and turning them into super fans. And so what's interesting, my last company, Block V, which is the company that created this technology of Vatoms, um, we raised money to build this massive platform for developers to build interesting applications, such as like a robust ticketing product, right? We have the underlying engine to create that. And my new company now, Vatom Labs, is one of the developers on top of the Block V stack, right? Mm -hmm. So, and our focus at Vatom Labs is for brand advertisers. How do we help brand advertisers engage more intimately with their consumers? How do we, how do we really give them a one-to-one -one connection? And how do we help them 
identify their super users and reward them. So imagine if you're Nike and you want to do a bunch of digital tennis shoes and you want someone to fill up their closet. Well, you can put them all out there and you can say, look, if, here's one shoe, you share it to 10 friends, you get the next one. And if you go to these three events, you get another one and you might win a Golden Jordan. Now you, you do know, your digital drops. Right, these digital drops, and so you can make it really interactive. And lots of people might get the first shoe if it's a sweepstakes or just because it's a novelty, but then some percentage of your users will go to the ends of the earth to collect them all. Those are your super users, and now Nike has all this information on who they are and can continue to give them interesting things or give them tickets to the basketball game or some VIP event, right? So it really um, changes the, the, the nature of CRM. I love it. I mean, I love, and, and I don't know, Christian, and even what you guys think, but like, I struggle in the day to day, and I love working with avocados because I think they have a meaningful goal at the end of, of the life. No, I think Alvaro and you even have a, have a very clear vision of what you want to become from when we talk about CRM. And then you were talking earlier about pop up, and I always ask myself, what are, what's the meaningful KPI, right? And in our meeting, on our last meeting, last time we were here in LA, you talked about the funnel and how you're a media company that's not only concerned about like. CTR or the click through, you know, click through rate or click uh, or, or going to a website, but trying to understand how you take a user from interacting with the brand, delivering a meaning, meaningful experience, and then keeping that relationship with the brand, which is yeah. kind of like what you explained right now with, with both the concert ex uh, example and Nike, right? By, by the way, and let me get to to add to that, this experience that we're developing with you guys, besides being very innovative that I'm very curious to see your opinion in is the industry beside us that were pretty advanced but is the industry <laughs> ready for this that but we leave that there but um, beside everything that we're doing um, it is I think one of the strongest um, CRM campaign we have launched to well date. it's the foundation that for something in my opinion that could be tremendously useful for right. the brand. So if you look at it for that pr point of view is what it is, is it's an innovative social campaign because it has a very, very um, impressive vital component embedded in it. And, but also it's a, it's a very strong Syrian campaign. So, so now you, yeah, yeah. just, yeah. So you mentioned the funnel and cause a lot of people, since the platform does so many things because they're programmable digital objects. They can be programmed to create whatever experience you want. Sometimes it's hard for people to grasp until they actually get to experience it. And once they experience it, they're like, oh, well, that was easy. I followed all these steps and did a bunch of cool things. And it was fun and interactive. And that user can stop right then, or he can continue down the journey to do more things. We're in talks now with a large liquor brand to, to really bring their brand history to life. Mm -hmm. and, and there's a lot of different ways to do that, but you start by appealing to the masses and, and, and some of the best ways to do that are incentivization such as sweepstakes. So, so you do a sweepstakes and then once they kind of enter in there, you say, great, now, now that you're in, the people that are interested, why don't you tweet on social like what we're doing for avocados? Go out and tweet about avocados because you'll get more entries and then you might get a video to learn more and this Story. is mm -hmm. more about the, 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 the origin of the brand and a lot of the brand stories, which is really compelling and interesting. And then you can go even further and say, oh, why don't you check out all these different places on the map that have a lot to do with the stories? Oh, why don't we, right in this experience, you just click this other button, pop up some augmented reality and have it come to life and tell the story, right? And then take a little level deeper and say, oh, and then if you share it with a friend, you get a crate and, it's, and you click it and it's an animated experience and it pops out, you might win something or get these other things. So it's surprise and delight. The beauty is, 
That entire experience can be easily built on our platform using these digital objects. Whereas you might be able to replicate this type of experience, but it's going to be a massive creative production. You're going to have to build a website or an app and do all these different things. But we've built a platform that allows us to deliver these types of experiences very rapidly so you can ideate, reprogram, and create a lot of different unique ones. Yeah, I mean, one of the questions and we're discussing, like the, the storytelling potential of these smart digital objects, you've also nicknamed them. Yeah, to that put them out smart in the market objects, yes. Uh, it's humongous, right? Like it's if you are able to kind of build a story from one item to the other and create experiences that yeah interact with each other. It, it yeah, you get to create that ongoing relationship with the consumer, because ultimately it's to make them your advocate, right? You want them to be repeat happy customers that become your advocates, and and typically let's say prior to this type of technology, if someone is a big fan, it's they could tell you about it all the time, but now they can actually share objects with you that then these other people can start down the journey, right? It's the virality, it's empowering your fans to spread the word of the brand in a much more novel, engaging way than just, than, than just a simple post or even forward an email. It's much more robust than that. So, so I, I asked you before your opinion, is the industry ready for that? Let me put it this way, change the question to how many years do you think that we are from the democratization of this type of technology and advertising? So there's two parts to it. I think it's absolutely ready for it today as, as we're proving out through the campaigns we're doing with you and others because it's not a new behavior or experience for the users. The other part to that is these digital objects can also be blockchain-based objects and written to the blockchain. And we're very early on that where there's mass adoption where people, one, see the value of it or the usefulness of it, and it just depends. Which we have a component of that in the Super Bowl campaign as well, right? Yes, <laughs> and, and that's because you guys are on the very cutting edge. You're always the early adopters of very cool technology to showcase what's coming next and what's gonna be impactful. And so the component for you guys is to say, hey, We've created this robust experience for the masses, but those of you who want to go deeper and then really deep down the rabbit hole, you can have this blockchain-based item that has actual value. It's worth money out there. If there's a marketplace for it, there becomes collectors for these avocado-themed digital objects, and they can buy them, buy, sell, and trade them on a digital NFT exchange, and NFT stands for non-fungible token, which is simply a fancy word for digital collectible. But um, now you have these objects that people can buy, sell, or trade using cryptocurrencies such as Ethereum and Bitcoin. And so to answer your question, is the market ready for that? Well, the early adopters are, and there's more and more awareness around it. But the complexities to utilize cryptocurrency wallets, are the barrier to entry is still high, and so the, the audience is smaller. And what, what part of your journey do you see the connection between cryptocurrency and advertising? So I dove into the crypto space in 2013 and started Tether at the very beginning of 2014. And Tether is created an entire new category called stablecoins. And it was the first ever stablecoin. And it was the first dollar-backed crypto. And, that, and when we created it, even for the first probably two years of it, people thought it was made no sense, it was crazy, and there it just there, there wasn't much value for it. And today, it is the most utilized cryptocurrency in the world, more than Bitcoin. Um, 
And so throughout that process, it was actually an extraordinary deep dive into the crypto universe and into that space. But what I noticed is these digital tokens. Bitcoin's a token. What does it represent? It actually doesn't represent anything. It's just a unit of account. Now, there's a lot of supply and demand for it based on the technology behind it, but it in itself doesn't represent anything. Tether is a digital token. It represents a dollar that's in a bank account, right? And so that's how BlockV came around is like all people, a lot of people in the space were trying to create these digital tokens. So we wanted to take it a step further and a step further than even smart contracts and make it so people could easily create programmable digital tokens. And then thinking about like my history is, has always been in digital media, thinking about what one of the best applications of a programmable digital token is, I realized it's brand advertising. And so I did Tether and then Block V and then we created some extraordinary technology at Block V and so now I want to create one of the, the main developers on top of it to take that technology to the masses via brand advertising. So enabling brands to now use digital objects that are still tied to cryptocurrency if the use case calls for it, but still to take these programmable digital objects and, and really enable kind of an evolution in advertising where there's more value given to the consumer from the brand. Because brands spend billions of dollars, like uh, obviously advertising. 100% of that money goes to middlemen. Think about all the money Facebook and Google and all the publishers take of all, they take it all because the, 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 the end user doesn't get any of that advertising dollar. Right. Now imagine if there was a one-to-one -one connection where you didn't have to use Google and Facebook anymore. So now you have this massive amount of consumers that have your avocado wallet and you can just send them an object. And so you don't have to pay that distribution fee to the middleman, you've already captured that user. Now you just give them free avocados for a week because we have the technology to ensure that it's just them that gets the avocado and that they deserve it and they did what um, was required of them to redeem those coupons. And therefore, all that money you were giving to acquire that customer or to put the ad in front of their face, you're giving it directly to the customer. So that's where I see this ultimately going. That's why I push the direct connection from the brand to the consumer because our technology allows you to reward that consumer with all of that money you used to be spending to promote the ad. So, you know, it seems like technology and the, the advance of technology is taking us to, again, I think it's a revolution and it's taking us to a place that is more fair, more fair for consumers, fair for brands. And you say something that was music to my ears when you were talking before, you say, is data going back to the brand? Yeah. And that didn't happen for a lot of years, but it's, it's starting to happen. And again, technology enables that, regulations uh, like the CTPA. But give me a little bit more of context into wh what is your thinking behind what is going to happen in this new evolution of advertising and how do you think that data is going to go back to the owner, which is the brand that pays for that data in first place to be there? So ultimately the reason why brands want the data and today the reason why Google and Facebook, they've amassed so much data and they resell that data, it's all to capture those advertising dollars because with that data, they can advertise more effectively. And so if the brand, since, and they don't share that data with the brands, they don't give the brands that data, that's mm -hmm. the, pr the price you pay, the privilege to use their platform. And if the brands can have the direct to consumer and the one-to-one -one relationship and 
and capture that data themselves, and they have that relationship. And what's part the, of the vision of avocados? Yeah, right? exactly. And what avocados is going to all that avocado? And here's the yeah, challenge. The thing. Here's yeah. the thing. He bothers <laughs> <me too laughs> with with like privacy and consumer data and this and that, and people think, oh, yes, I guess some technologies can be used to sway elections or do evil things, but in the advertising space. Really, that data is used to provide you more relevant, interesting ads that are that are compelling to you, right? So you have less junk and more interesting things. And I believe that when the technology gets there and the the brands can capture that first party data and actually utilize it effectively, because that's the next problem is brands, okay. they do have tons of data and there is tons of data out there, but how do they mine it and utilize it effectively? And, and yeah, everybody talks about it, but really, yeah. it's few, not brands, few brands yeah. really capitalize on it right? exactly right and so all and so that's why I like the approach that we're taking which is these users are self-selected they have interacted with your objects they've shared your objects and then whoever still has your objects and is still checking in they're obviously interested and now you have a conduit which was never possible before but a conduit this ability to send them something of value directly like you can now send you can tell that this one guy has shared a bunch of your digital objects, a bunch of your brand IP. And so you can actually send him a $100 coupon. You'd never send anyone, or call it a month free of avocado or a year's supply of avocados. You would never randomly send that to people before. You might make it a prize for someone to win, but you, you couldn't mine your network of consumers and say, this guy is a you know loves avocados, he's an advocate, he deserves this. And so if you could do that really cheaply and effectively, then you could afford to give him all that um, product since you're not paying to reach them on the internet anymore. You're not paying those third parties, the Googles and Facebooks of the world, and and, and paying to acquire all of that data. You have that relationship. Sounds awesome, yeah. yeah. I think that's really groundbreaking. And then you were talking about like putting it to market, and I think it's super interesting. We have here the CEO of 270B, Christian Bottini, who has worked with Avocados from Mexico for many years, as well as Richard Lerman. Like Richard Lerman, we, we kind of pride ourselves on partnering with the best. And it's my, you know, as we're working with Reeve, Christian, what is your take on it? You're from that perspective, you're a technology man, you are pretty innovative. Yvonne has been working with you and us for, for a couple of years. How do you take it? What is your take from the other side of the table of this open source technology? Yeah, definitely. I think the, uh, to me, when I first took a look at the technology, it was... Uh, I asked the same question that Vaughn asked, oh, you can do this online without, a, without an app. Um, because, you know, at the biggest uh, hurdle from a development standpoint is trying to take that true mobile experience and putting it on web. Uh, you know, with web browsers having so many different, uh, uh, different rules, security rules, etc., cetera, uh, to really get a great, innovative, and uh, amazing creative um, you know, platform online experience online. Uh, it's hard to do it uh, and be acceptable in all the different browsers. You always have some sort of limitations, so you're kind of you put into uh, uh, you know handcuffs when you're trying to get too creative online. That's where uh, apps are are great because you can kind of create your own ecosystem. So I was blown away about the technology because you can take some really cool features. Uh, that are available in apps and you know f it works like a fluid app uh, onto web and on top of that uh, to me is the CRM component uh, keeping everyone in that, that space I think it's amazing, yeah. um, and be able to reward them 
Uh, and you know the campaigns that we're going to do is uh, with Avocados from Mexico and the big game uh, this year. Um, these all these individuals, uh, if we plan it properly, we're going to be able to use them and utilize uh, you know their you know, everything that they've gathered within this campaign and utilize them for future campaigns uh, and reward them and continue to reward them as ambassadors. Uh, you know, and kind of keeping this you know huge digital wallet of avocados. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the other thing because also we advertisers just put money into a campaign and then you have results or not or good or bad and gone next. Yeah. But this, what we're doing with you, we're already thinking about how we're going to capitalize on those results to build into our next campaign and our next yeah. campaign and our first party data, like yeah. you say. And there, it's a really robust loyalty program because this person collected a bunch of avocados in this activation and he maybe has 20 entries in the sweepstakes and he didn't win well guess what it's not over <laughs> you know keep right. those avocados you'll capture some more and and maybe we'll roll this into the next right. sweepstakes or the next yeah. discounts maybe we end up in the next super bowl 20, yeah. 2021 already with everything that we already built with this one yeah and it's been great working with you christian um as an agency utilizing our platform to to really kind of experience this because it's another fundamental piece of our business model is to create a self-service platform to empower other agencies like yourself to say, oh, Vadams, digital objects actually are a great tool. I would love to offer these to all my clients. And right now we're doing all of the heavy lifting with you because this is still a new experience that we're rolling out to the world. But soon it will be a tool that you guys will be able to utilize. You'll be able to just log in and build your own Vadam experiences. That, so it's great. And so the, the more and more you learn, um, the more we'll appreciate this feedback to see, because that's my goal is to empower a bunch of agencies to yeah. say, yeah, digital objects Not are only here, but across the world, Yeah, what I understand. Yeah. Are, are you in other, in other places in the world? Like, is there other, you have other partners like ourselves, like Christian? Like Yvonne, well, the there's other agencies that are that we're working with that are using utilizing our platform, but soon we'll be rolling out a um, like self service. Yeah, the Vadim Lab, nice. the self service tool that they can utilize. There can always be managed services if people want our help to really do cutting edge and innovative things. But then there'll be a whole suite of products that will be very easy for people to utilize to, to create themselves. Well, I mean, we would love to talk to you about that when that rolls out yeah. um, in in this podcast. I think when you talk about. Uh, in loud and clear, we're like kind of like rethinking and trying to understand. For those of us who love advertising but think we could do it differently, I think you're one of those guys that that you know that really take it to heart and and, and really get stuff doing. Um, Yvonne and Christian and, and, and Richard Leno, we're so excited to be here uh, with you. I think we have to catch a plane, yeah. what I understand. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there anywhere where the audience can follow you or kind of learn more about uh, what you do? Welcome to share any social or whatever handles. Yeah, just vanamlabs.com and um, we just did a, a huge deal with Miller Lite. Uh, uh, a few months ago and some large We saw that on AdAge, right? There was yeah. a big write-up on AdAge about that. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. And so we're putting together our whole PR um, approach to launch early next year. Well, hopefully this helps and for... you can also visit our experience, our Super Bowl experience. Yeah, it's going to be crazy, our Super Bowl experience. It's it's coming up. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Avocados from Mexico. Avocados uh, <laughs> from Mexico. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you very much, Yvonne. Yvonne Christian, thank you for... Abonetwork.com. Yes, Christian. Abonetwork.com. Abonetwork.com. I hope we don't, we're not giving anything yes. away. You can already look for it. But if you go there, you'll get a hint of what's going to happen and, and you'll get a taste of the big spot on the game and the experience around it. Brief 
Thank you so much. Thank you for partnering up with us. I think it's been it's been an awesome experience with you and your team. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thank Yvonne, you where can people find you? We, I know you've done another podcast, but again, like your handle or whatever you want to share. Yeah, Yvonne Kinser and um, uh, everywhere. Uh, in Twitter, <laughs> on LinkedIn. Christian. And it's uh, Christian Botini with a K. Um, but uh, yeah, and you can find me anywhere as well. Well, thank you for being part of this uh, this first episode of Season 2 of Loud and Clear. We appreciate you as an audience. Please follow us and search for us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast. Anywhere where you get your podcast, you can find us. Please rate us and tell us what you think. We're very happy and very glad to have great minds and great personalities like we've fallen with us today. So we'll keep searching for those for you and try to reinvent advertising into the future to make it better for the little ones that are coming. Thank you very much.